Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Lila McRae. Welcome back for another Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Lila McRae. Joe Deck is here. We're going to talk about the sports that you, the Augusta County sports fan, care about. And we're going to start with high school basketball as the season that just began is winding down. But last week, Wilson had a great week winning all three of their games. And we'll come back to them. But Fort Defiance started the week by losing to Wilson in a very tight game and then got the win against Waynesboro that we assumed and then a nice win over Stanton. So even though Fort Defiance didn't have the undefeated week that they wanted, they have kind of established themselves as as that second team at this point uh, competing for the district with Wilson. And uh, yeah, Wilson looks like the best team after losing their opener, but, you know, not by a mile. So it could be an interesting little final stretch here as we see each one of these teams get their second shot at Wilson and trying to take them down. And uh, it'll be a fun last two weeks of the season here. This week, most teams have two district games. And then next week, I think everybody has three district games. So uh, it'll be a little furious finish. Of course, the snow forecast is picking up. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how all this plays out. But uh, yeah, so Fort Defiance, I kind of took away as having the solid week. You were there covering them on Friday. What did you see out of the Indians? Well, I think, you know, Tuesday night kind of set the stage for what the story was going to be Friday night between Stanton and Fort. When Stanton won an overtime against Buffalo Gap and Fort lost by a point to Wilson, that game all of a sudden became, okay, who's going to still, at the end of this week, be the team that has a chance to win the district? This was a very tight game. Uh, It was back and forth, low scoring, uh, obviously with the 47-44 final, but I thought Fort at times struggled tremendously, uh, and but to their credit, they overcame it and played very, very good defense. I, I thought when they were missing shots, it was because they were kind of rushing shots and just not being very careful with their shot selection versus when Stanton wasn't getting shots, Stanton was turning the ball over because Fort was all over him. Fort was playing very good defense. Uh, and... So my, my takeaway is Ryan Cook, as goes Ryan Cook, goes the Fort Defiance Indians. He had 20 by my count. I didn't see an official count, but 20 by my count of the 47 points for Fort Defiance. So, yeah, uh, that's a very high percentage of their points. And down low, they got enough plays. And to me, I think Stanton, they had every opportunity. They were down to 46-44 with an opportunity. They just couldn't get the inbound and underneath the right basket, and that killed them in that game. Uh, Fort ends up stealing the inbound after it's on the floor for a little bit and making one free throw. And then at that point, with 1.6 seconds left, you're saying, okay, let's make a, let's make a full-court shot, basically. And they got the inbound pass to half court, but it was a very uh, low-percentage shot, and it didn't go in, so... Fort Defiance holds on and wins that game in a thrilling finish. I thought the other so, thing that was interesting from Friday, though, was when you see Wilson pound Riverheads the way they did, that's when, to me, it became officially just a two-team race. I don't see – maybe Fort does get them because it was a one-point game the last time they played. But outside of that, I think this is it. I don't think anyone else is going to get close because I, I've just seen – Seeing the scores and seeing a little bit of the video footage on demand that I've been able to watch, this is a different team than play draft. Uh, they're not going to struggle with draft, I think, in the same ways they did in the season opener. 
Riverheads uh, is not a bad team, but they kind of got exposed a little bit in that they're they're right there with draft. I think we mentioned a four team race, and maybe it is a four team race. Maybe going toward a three or two team race, in my opinion, if we're getting down to brass tacks with Wilson and Fort. Stanton is kind of like a one B, and then I think it's a drop off to Gap and another drop off to Riverheads and Draft. I just think Riverheads and Draft seem to be really struggling this year. And Buffalo Gap even kind of showed that with their win over draft. Friday night was a night of, uh, and this kind of previews the the girl side, a night of sweeps. Uh, Wilson swept Riverheads, Fort swept Stanton, and Gap swept draft. So I think in terms of the hardwood, we know who the good teams are at this point, and we know who the teams that are that kind of are struggling and are going to be uh, looking at maybe trouble ahead in in postseason play if if some of them get there. So Stanton's that team that I, because I grew up here, I'm trained to think is the best team just by default. Because traditionally for the last 30 years, the basketball played in Stanton has been good more often than not and is the only team really that's gone deep and won state championships. So I I say to you, since you've seen more of these teams live than I have, I'm, I'm only watching on video when I'm able to see it, is Stanton capable of getting through this week and building a little confidence this week? Stanton has um, Riverheads at the beginning of the week and they have draft at the end of the week. You would think winnable games compared Mm -hmm. from what they've already done this season. I I think they beat them both already this season. Could that set them up for next week and make a little run? The fact that Wilson or has that one loss that you didn't expect to draft at the beginning of the season. They're only one game behind both Wilson and Fort Defiance. Is do you think Stanton's capable from what you saw Friday of making that making a push next week, having a really good week and somehow winding up in first place in the district? Your Mr. Definitive Statement. That's why I'm I asking know. you. <laughs> and I, I'm looking at the schedule. I don't think Stanton will lose this week. I think they will beat Riverheads at home and draft at home. So, yes, I would say their problem is going to be, I think Wilson also wins at home against draft this week, and I think they beat Buffalo Gap. So, But they're still going to be sitting one game behind with games against Fort and um, Wilson Wilson next week. They can take care of their own business. I mean, they still mathematically could win this district. They still could. I just... When I watched Stanton play, I just felt like they're missing they're missing the guy that they can go to possession in, possession out. Um, and that's also kind of a problem for a lot of these teams, right? A lot of these teams don't have yeah. the standout guy that you can count on each possession. When you're when you're in a possession and you're like, okay, we have to score here. Who's getting the ball? Stanton doesn't have that guy this year. Now, in some instances, that's good, but at least Friday night, and it's been a problem uh, for Stanton in some other games, when you don't have that consistent score and you don't have that guy to go to, it's not necessarily because everybody on the team, it's five equal excellent option parts. Sometimes it's, oh no, all five guys have gone cold at the same time. So that's the problem. Uh, With Fort, you have Ryan Cook. With Wilson, um... I'm going to get myself in trouble. Yeah, Hartman is obviously one, but then also you have Irving, uh, who has kind of stepped up and shown that he is a guy that can be relied on for Wilson this year. Yeah, I mean, it seems like um, 
Wilson has had a couple different guys, the uh, Jazeel Mensiah, mm-hmm. uh, or mm-hmm. I, I say his name wrong. I, yeah. I'm bad at names. You said Finn Irving. Those guys, the other guys that keep popping up as scoring leaders for Wilson. So I, I do think that bodes well for Wilson. We'll, we'll see. I mean, that's the fun thing is we're not going to have to wait long with this shortened season. Into next week, we're gonna know we're gonna know who won the district in the regular season, and and then I assume we'll be trying to fit in a district tournament and get to regions, and we'll see how far this thing can go, and that'll be great. Um, the, the, the tough thing is the two best team. I mean, you kind of said there it looks like Wilson and Ford are up top. I mean, they have the two top records. They're both going to Class Three A that has those Spotswood, has those Roanoke. Yeah, they're uh, they're not NBA going teams. to go far and in the region because be those teams are going to be tough. Yeah. I, for our sake, for our area, we hope one of these teams can catch fire mm-hmm. and make a run, whether it's in class three, which would, would be the hardest of it, or a Stanton in class two, which you're going to end up hitting East Rock at some point, or Riverheads in class one. Um, and I'm skipping past other teams there, but you know that's the kind of thing we're hoping for. Um, it's just, it's something when the best teams look like they're going into the hardest, hardest district there. Let's go in the hardest region. Mm-hmm. Looking at the girls, where we... Very similarly have Wilson and Fort sit on the top of that district. Wilson has established themselves as the favorite. And because they beat Fort uh, by 15 the other night, uh, last a week ago, uh, when this podcast drops a week ago. Uh, so Wilson clearly the front runner uh, with their standings, you know, having them undefeated in the district. So a game up on Fort and then three games up on the, on the next best team. So, it really is a Wilson Fort driven district there for girls basketball, just like it was last year. Uh, I, I know Riverheads played a little bit more of a role last year, but this year they've really taken off those class three teams. And again, they're going to face the same problem. They're going to go into class three that in the girls might be even tougher in class three. You got, I mean, they, that has produced the state champion in class three so many times over the last 10 years, whether it's been Spotswood, whether it's been Broadway, um, uh, TA has been very good. You know, it's, it's always producing good class three, a girls teams. And so, you know, Wilson's gonna have to be ready to go. And, and luckily their record shows that they're as ready as they can be. Uh, you know, they only have the one loss this season um, and, and, and none in the district. So they're doing what they have to do. And, you know, with those being the same schools we just talked about, they kind of both had the same kind of schedules this week, you know, winnable games this week. And then and then we'll get in that last week and see what happens. Yeah, uh, I I think. Man, when you look at this, I I just. I think it's just going to get more separated. I think I I I don't. I don't Wilson think will be four games up by next week and yeah. Fort will be another game up by next week. I, I think it'll just continue to spread. Yeah, I, I just don't see. Teams. Yeah. When I look yeah. at the rest of the district, I just don't see him catching them. And that's why I don't have confidence when I, even the class two teams, when I look for Stanton or gap in that region two B, I, I just don't have faith in them going very deep. Maybe if they get a good matchup, they can win the first round, but I think semis yeah. would be a dream for either one of and those I don't, teams. You know, Strasburg's tough up there with the girls. Larray has has been good. They are battling COVID. I don't I don't think they've even played in weeks. So I I don't know if that school uh will be able to be part of any region tournament. We'll we'll have to see. But yeah, that's that's a hard region too. So yeah, I it's where we sit. Um and we'll just have to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh quickly touching on wrestling, the highlights that I took away from last week was 
for Riverheads, they got in a they hosted a tournament Saturday, beat Perry McClure and beat LCA. Well, um, Perry McClure is not bad at wrestling, so that, that's a solid win. But then they had a tough loss to Rural Retreat, but that's one of the state powerhouses that we always talk about that that Riverhead's going to have to eventually come to anyway. I love they play them in the regular season. I love that they set that up. I would have assumed they already had something set up and were able to make it work with a modified schedule this year. Uh, but good on both teams to to do it. To One of the teams had to travel up the road to play this, and that was Rural Retreat. Good on them coming. Good on Riverhead's having them. It only makes your wrestlers better to face that tough competition early in the season, so I really liked that. And then also Wilson. Wilson's a very good wrestling program here. Um, really built up well. And uh, they beat Strasburg this past week, and that was also a Saturday tournament. Just edged them out. And uh, Strasburg's a really good program. And then, as, as you like, they beat Hanley, too, so you always like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's big local wins from two of the better wrestling programs in our area, def- probably the two best in our area, that do have high hopes of going very deep and producing some individual state champions, but also looking to, you know, get in that top three, top two, see what happens and wind up in top one uh, for the state. I mean, both are knocking on the door of that. Um, Riverheads just can't get over that hump in class one. But, uh, you know, Wilson could make a run there, too. Tough wrestling at both levels, though. Yeah, I think it's great that uh, Wilson did so well up against uh, Strasburg and Clark and Hanley. And uh, for Riverheads, like you said, the rural retreat loss is nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, that's a team that's no. probably going to win a state championship or, or be one of the teams contending for a state championship again. So, And, and they're hoping that a lot of their guys will face those mm-hmm. guys again at some point mm-hmm. and, and, and learn from you know, it. We, yeah. yeah, we say that about all these other sports. It's hard to beat a team twice, hard to buy, beat a team three times. So, like, you just never know what, what in the individuals learned in that meeting. So that, sure. that's good. Uh, this week in wrestling, basically just a lot of local matchups happen. I know Giraffe plays Strasburg, um, so that'll be a, a measuring stick for them. We'll have to see how that goes for them. But um, a lot of local matchups this week, so uh, plenty to see there next week. Um, jumping around, let's just talk about college football first, uh, just because it was on my mind tonight. Do we? The Daryl Tap. Uh, we lost him from the coaching staff and um, in my tech friend group that, you know, we, every time there's tech news, we talk about it. I think it's good for him, but it's terrible for us. And, but I don't, I don't hate on him for leaving. No. I like he, he's NFL former NFL player, um, high level college player played in the NFL. He wants to coach the rest of his life. He needs to go coach for the 49ers. So congratulations to him. I will root for him to have success and look forward to him climbing the coaching tree of the NFL so I can root for a NFL team when he's a coordinator or whatever he's going to be. But man, he was doing some good stuff recruiting, getting some of these in-state guys of a high level. And and you could just see kind of the energy that he was bringing to the recruiting that from a vibe that we're used to. So that's, that's a big loss off the staff there. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you like, uh, one of the reasons for keeping Fuente was to keep the continuity on some of the staff and, that was the thing that yeah. was weird. I mean, you were more excited about assistant coaches than you were the head coach. <laughs> and and now one of those assistants that you're excited about is because he's good at his job, he goes and coaches in the NFL while the guys who aren't good at their job will still be at Virginia Tech killing the program for another year, which is great because um, that's what you want and you want to fail and you want to be Pitt and Wake Forest, and that's fine. We can be Pitt and Wake Forest. We can be irrelevant. 
that's, we? No. that's we lost away. <laughs> that's where we'll be uh when when all this is said and done when the fuente era is over we'll look a lot like wake forest in terms of the amount of prestige that the football program has in the last decade so it'll be great i'm so happy uh, the other news for virginia tech yeah now daryl tap seriously news, a- uh i'm sorry to keep cutting you I'm sorry, off. I keep trying to, I keep thinking you're done. Yeah, I know, because uh, of the way I talk. Um, but <laughs> in all seriousness, for Daryl Tapp, it's great. Uh, I think for him, he's proven that he is a good coach, and I think his opportunity in San Francisco will be rewarded. Uh, I think that's a good staff to get on. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do and uh, bring to the 49ers. Yeah. The other news in college schedule at least is supposed to come out this next week or this this week uh i believe tuesday or wednesday so maybe actually by the time this podcast drops it'll be out so i have something i always look ahead to i know you usually care as much um but i do always try to look ahead at what games i hope to attend that really didn't work out this past year uh but that's always a, a interesting day for me when the schedule drops so look out for that i'll, I'll just say thing. this and, i don't know why virginia tech fans are excited about a schedule drop this year what is to be excited about with this team because m- most people hope to be able to go to the games and they want to go and spend their money and tailgate and do the social aspect of all this. No, I'll say it. I said it in a group text that got some blowback and I'll say it again. If you want to send a message to this athletic director, he's made it very clear. Money is the message. So you just don't give them any money until they make the change that they need to make. And then you can give them money. But that's, he's saying money talks. Okay, fine. You get no money. Good luck. You get no money because you're keeping a clown. Well, my donation will remain the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cool. We get to say that we didn't. We chose to not go to a bowl game this year. Uh, next year, it'll be because we didn't qualify for one. So, awesome. But then also UVA schedule also drops. So those fans that I never really addressed directly, uh, they can also be fan. They can also be excited this week to see what, September at this point we think will look like, and then hopefully we're not dealing with a bunch of changes in August. Uh, college basketball and the lead off of the biggest news here is Tyrese Radford is indefinitely suspended from the basketball team. And per the reported charges, multiple charges that he got from a traffic stop on late Saturday night, I believe mm-hmm. um, early Sunday morning, uh, he won't be back anytime soon. And uh, nope. you know, assuming those charges have some reality to them, I know it's, you know, innocent until proven guilty. If there's any reality with these charges, we, we just have no plans to see him anytime soon. So that's a huge loss from a guy that has really stepped up and even more so of a leader. I think he was player of the week twice already this season in the ACC. Um, just a big time player for us. And a guy that down the stretch when we needed a basket, a lot of times he was one of the guys putting them in. Um, You know, I don't know if we've had any game winners this year. I don't recall any, but still big time baskets late in the game. He's been putting a lot of them in. He's been putting up numbers. That's a huge hole. And we're going to be putting guys in that are not used to as much minutes in his place in middle of an ACC season. You know, it's a little easier to deal with that when you have some early season non-conference to deal with and you can rack up minutes and learn those lessons. Now these guys are going to get dumped into middle ACC play with additional minutes. And that's tough to learn on the fly. And I think there's just no way else to say it. Expectations are lowered with him missing. Um, Oh yeah. I, I, you know, obviously we lost Saturday to Syracuse by 
18 points, and that wasn't great. But teams go up to Syracuse, face in that zone, you know, on the second game in a week, and in which, you know, all games are a couple days apart. But people have had bad games at Syracuse, and I was ready to, like, okay, let's, you know, let's see how we rebound against that. Let's see how we uh, play against Notre Dame, and we can move past that and, you know, think that was a weird game. But with losing Radford, like that statement I made just a week ago is, you know, I'm not scared of playing anybody, you know, outside of maybe Gonzaga, no one in the ACC I'm scared of playing of. I'm not saying I'm scared of playing UVA, but my confidence level is way down. Oh yeah. I'm you know, scared a month, of a month UVA. ago we were supposed to play UVA and it got canceled because of COVID. Now we're playing them and I'm a lot more worried about this game than I was, would have been a month ago. So. Yeah. I'm scared of playing UVA. I'm scared of playing Louisville again. I'm scared of playing a lot of teams in the ACC now. Uh, you don't lose your second leading score and come out okay. This team is not that good. Um, and and I, I know that's not what we're hearing from other coaches around the ACC. They're saying these guys you know, are good enough to be able to pick themselves up and they'll find other points. I don't know. I, I just I, – I don't know. The DUI is something – alleged DUI is something that he could – you know, possibly come back to the team from, but what the alleged weapons charge that I think is gone. Like, I don't think you come back from that. So it's just, it just stinks. Um, obviously it Virginia tech has the rules for a reason. And, you know, I'm not questioning those rules. No, we, I'm just yeah, saying it's rules. a situation yep. that stinks. So, yep. um, for Virginia tech, it really hurts the basketball team. It, it makes me say this is a top four team to I hope this is a top four team now in the conference. I'm not as sure about that. Uh, and we'll just have to see how the season plays out. I mean, I, I have no, no expectations or, or uh, this Notre Dame game will be telling. I, I'm very interested in the Notre Dame game on Wednesday just to see what we're going to look like. Cause that's a bad team. So if you struggle against Notre Dame on Wednesday in the first game without Radford, to me, UVA game is cover your eyes because that that's going to be bad news. UVA also just pounded Syracuse, who pounded us with Radford, which yeah. doesn't give me a lot of hope. Yeah, that was the measuring stick I threw out last week I was interested in, and after we lost by 18, I was a lot less interested in that measuring stick. Yeah, UVA is playing their best basketball. They keep getting better and better. Uh, really took it to them on Monday evening. Beat Georgia Tech close the other night. Um, but... I mean, the wins are wins. So UVA, after playing Monday night, waits till Saturday to play Tech. Tech does get to go out like against Notre Dame, like you said, and try to work some things out before UVA. I, hopeful. I'll just remain hopeful is about all I have. Uh, it's just a bad day for uh, Virginia Tech basketball when you talk about losing Radford. Um, JMU, uh, I do want to bring them up. I, I know – we don't always talk about them and we seem to be talking about every week because they, they pick up a win here or there that we don't really expect them to get. And they won against Northeastern on Sunday. Uh, they held Northeastern to 72 points in both games this weekend. Uh, luckily on Sunday, they just scored more than 72 points. So they got the win there. That's a win they haven't got in some years, so, uh, according to the coverage I was seeing. Yeah, uh, it broke a six-game losing streak to Northeastern. Yeah. It's the first time they've won at Northeastern since 2016, I think. Maybe it was 2014. Yeah. I can't remember. But um, shows how bad the program's been the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> and why and, we had to change a coach. And yeah. that was Northeastern's first conference loss. So that that's a big deal for JMU to get that win. Uh, I don't yeah. think JMU's going to win the CAA or anything, but no. it's important to get that win. 
especially since they want to be in a position where since the CAA tournament is in Harrisonburg, they'd love to be in a position where they can play in it. So yeah, I, I think that's great <laughs> that they got this win. It, it can only help. It's a big game against Towson coming up Wednesday. They beat them in the earlier game. So uh, that's their other conference win this season. So if they can get that win against Towson, sweep Towson, go three and one, I think that goes a long way for building some confidence in that program that has lacked confidence for quite a while. Yeah. I I'm optimistic about what they got going. Yeah. That's the one team right now that I follow and support that is actually doing something positive, which I did not think I would be saying at any point this year in the college basketball season. So yeah. Good on that coach. I mean, it seems like, yeah, coach Biden is doing good moment. Good Mm -hmm. hire. I think you can build some excitement around that. You get, you get, some well, again, I mean, we hired too. a guy that's been coach, to a, you got a brand new building. Yeah. We hired a guy who's been to an NCAA tournament, which is what we should have did the last time. But I mean, I know hey, it's an assistant coach, Madison, but man. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the phrase Madison man is like one. Of that's my not a thing. Like that is not at, all, at any moment. I, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, the other college news I, I want to make sure we got to is uh, about, you know, Kyle and the kickers down there. Um, Virginia Tech Hokies, they had a number one draft pick in the MLS draft. Uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Pierre going to Austin FC. I'm sure I just said his last name wrong, uh, but huge. I mean, you think about these major sports leagues, and we know MLS isn't at the level of NFL or NBA, uh, but still the top level for American soccer, number one pick coming out of your school is always a good thing. You're talking Bruce Smith, Michael Vick status there for that league and uh, he came out of Virginia Tech so that's going to help with recruiting it's going to help for the future um so many good things uh it hurts Virginia Tech that they don't have that player on the field anymore he left early to go to the MLS uh but um luckily we know there's plenty of talent down there with uh with the Stenzel kid so uh good news for Virginia Tech Hokies on the pitch he's that Mm -hmm. I use that right Joe that's right and uh so that was great news for Virginia Tech, and it was cool midweek to see some positive Virginia Tech news. I know it wasn't basketball or football, but it was. Oh, we're a soccer like school now. Happy. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we're a soccer school now. Let's just embrace it. Soccer and wrestling—that is the two sports that we are excelling at. Everything else is a burning trash can. I guess basketball is not a burning trash can, but it's a campfire that needs to be put out before it turns into a forest fire. I'd like to see our baseball. We're talking about like other sports be good. Uh, I'd like to see our baseball get back to being good. I, I, I enjoyed that when they were that you know, one year. The, yeah. <laughs> I think they had one year when I was there where they were decent too. Yeah. So like two yeah. years out of the last 20, yeah. I'd like it if we were like more consistently uh, good. We have a nice facility there. I, I just, it is. English nice. field is very nice. I like the field. Yeah. yeah. I've been to some games there. I watched the hated it Yankees play on that field. That was uh, terrible. Um, it was cool of them to come, though. I'll, I'll admit that. Great. All right. Uh, NFL. Uh, I think there was some games this weekend in the NFL. I think it sets up some kind of big game here in two weeks. Uh, we'll focus looking back this week and next week. Look forward. Um, I'll go in the order that they happened. I, I wanted the Packers to win. I do not enjoy watching Tom Brady play in the Super Bowl. Uh, this was reiterated when a week ago I was around my niece and apparently she was just assuming like she, you know, something about the Super Bowl. She said, and she's just not on top of it. That's fine. She said, Oh, is the Super Bowl set yet? I, I assume the Patriots are in it. You know, she just assumes Tom Brady and the Patriots are in there. So she didn't know that he'd even left that team, but yeah, she wasn't surprised to hear that he was on one of the teams 
competing, competing still to be in that game. And of course, for the 10th time, we'll see Tom Brady in this game. I, I made the joke on Twitter that my late January uh, tradition, look up, confirm what team Tom Brady's playing for, cheer for the other team in the Super Bowl. So um, that's where we're at. And uh, they beat the Packers. Everybody made that game about Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't play terrible. He didn't make some game winning plays when he needed to. Tom Brady had three interceptions, two of them very bad interceptions in the second half. Neither one of those quarterbacks won the game. Tom Brady didn't win the game for his team. um, And Aaron Rodgers didn't really lose it for his team. It was a lot of other stuff going on. You can kind of look at coaching decisions. I think the easiest one to look at is just not going for it on fourth down with three minutes to go in that ball game or a little bit over two minutes to go in that ball game, kicking the field goal to go down by five rather than leaving the ball in the hands of your best player on the team, Aaron Rodgers, hall of fame quarterback and giving him a chance to go right there. Um, either way, like if you don't get that, then you just need the defensive stop that you need after kicking the field goal. And you still need the touchdown that you need after kicking the field goal. Yeah. You don't need the two anymore, but I, I don't know. I just didn't get that decision. I would have gone for it there. They drove right down the field there. They had a touchdown play on third down where Rogers just runs the football to the right. He at least cuts the first down in half, if not gets in the end zone. Um, but he threw it. I, I don't know. I'm just leaving the ball in my quarterback's hands at that spot that deep in the field. It's not, you know, fourth and 20 from midfield. It's, it was fourth and nine from uh, fourth and goal from the nine. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't understand. I hated it. I hated that. He just seemingly gave up. Like when I was watching the game live and he sent the field goal team out, I was screaming at the television and the unfortunate person that was in the PlayStation chat with me uh, <laughs> probably lost their hearing a little bit. But what are you doing? Like, yep. as you said, worst case scenario, you don't get the touchdown. And you need to get a stop. Okay, well, you're going to have to get a stop anyway. At yes. least in this scenario, yes. the team is backed up. Yeah. Maybe they make. Maybe Tom Brady throws another interception on a third down. Maybe. You fall down into the end zone, yeah. I, I just, I don't understand it. It was so stupid. Um, honestly, it's something you could fire him over. I mean, it's that bad. It, it's that stupid of a you don't make that decision there decision. And so, yeah, no surprise. It doesn't get forgotten. So, I mean, you, no you, surprise you the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. Aaron Rodgers in that postgame seemed like he wants to be anywhere but Green Bay. And oh, yeah. I don't blame him. I mean, they drafted his replacement oh. instead of getting him help. And they have a wide receiver drop a pass in the end zone earlier in the game, too, and a two-point conversion earlier. And I just – I don't understand. It's and so frustrating. Quarter, they don't have faith to put the ball in your hands. Yeah. With and he, yes, he could have ran on third down. Maybe he gets in, maybe not he's not. But but you heard Aaron Rodgers in the postgame say, I thought we had four downs. So, yeah, <laughs> what the uh, – yeah, you and everybody else thought you had four downs, Aaron. Unfortunately, your head coach is a clown. So yeah. – so stupid. And Tom Brady gets to win because his defense bailed him out because he threw two picks and the Green Bay Packers couldn't move the ball. Um, yeah, they scored three points off three interceptions. I mean, that's terrible. Embarrassing. Terrible. And speaking of embarrassing, the Buffalo Bills. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, make your only touchdown in the first half, not on a drive that starts from the two-yard line. 
so bad. And their coach yeah. gave up on so many drives kicking field goals, too. Hey, you know how you don't beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Kicking field goals. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are clearly better than the Bills. So I'm not uh, terribly mad at the Bills. I, I went into that game rooting for the Bills to have success and was hoping it was a good game where I'd be happy with either team winning. I hate this. I hate this Super Into Bowl. The first quarter. I hate this year. I don't mind the Chiefs. I don't mind the Chiefs. I like Andy Reid. I think that's what it is. I think Andy Reid's what draws me in. I don't care for Andy Reid. He's. I'm indifferent to Andy Reid, and I just I don't care. Mahomes is fun. Uh, that Tyreek Hill, he, that one run was unbelievable. That was that was Michael Vick style, man. It was like cutting back and forth and going all over the field. I and guess I'm rooting for him. God, it was. I guess I'm rooting for him to beat Tom Brady because I hate him more. Yes. But oh, yes, yes, yes. I just don't. I know Bruce Arians is... is a former Hokie quarterback, and he's the head coach of the Tampa Bay. I don't care. I don't care about that. Tom Brady's there. Just, I'm not rooting for that team. I just don't. I hate the, 2021 sucks. I hate it already. <laughs> There's positive, Joe. Uh, we'll talk about our predictions for that Super Bowl next week. I think we've already said who we're rooting for, but we'll talk about what we think will happen when we talk next week, anything else to get in this block? I don't think so. No. Nope. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get to a special B block. B block time here and no interview uh, this week, but next week we plan to have uh, the athletic director from Stewart's draft, uh, Mr. Hartley there. So uh, look forward to that, and uh, you'll probably see us pumping it out on Twitter a little more than usual since uh, one of our – well, a different guest than a, one of our normal, always appreciated writers uh, from the local media. But we'll have a Stewart's Draft guy on there, and hopefully all the draft fans will want to get on. So make sure you remind your friends listening now that live in Stewart's Draft and care about that program to go ahead and subscribe to us so they don't miss it next week. But what I wanted to do here in B-Block was talk about Hank Aaron. and. Uh, the news of his passing, I uh, believe it was what Friday morning, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, that hit me, man. Like that's obviously an all timer, obviously an all time baseball player. But just like in my fandom of baseball, I just don't know if it got. I mean, he. I, there's no one higher than Hank Aaron. There's no one I'm putting above Hank Aaron. We can talk about all these names. They're only even with Hank Aaron on a, on an all time scale. And what I think of him, obviously I was a huge King Griffey Jr. Fan, but you know, that Hank Aaron's all time. I mean, he, I'm acknowledging Hank Aaron was better than, uh, <laughs> King Griffey Jr. Um, I mean, he was American hero. And that is when you hear someone say that and they're an athlete, you say, hold up, you know, wait, wait a second. Like we're not, we're not throwing hero to these guys just because they play sports. But Hank Aaron was, he, walked the road that Jackie Robinson put stone down for. And he, he pushed that road further. Jackie Robinson breaking, um, integrating baseball, breaking that barrier and, and and being great at baseball was, was huge. But Hank Aaron played in that same role in the South for the, for the Braves that while he's played for the team moved from Milwaukee to the Atlanta, um, and was chasing a home run, record that at that time and and past that the home run record is the biggest record in american sports uh the 714 that babe ruth had for a long time stood 
And then after Hank Aaron broke it, you know, his record stood for a long time. And, and everybody knew those numbers, knew that record. And, you know, you don't, you know, you realize Peyton Manning breaks the touchdown record or the completion record when it's broken, or then Drew Brees breaks it and all that, you know, but these baseball records just stand a lot different. And, uh, you know, you talk about hitting game streaks and Ted Williams, and you talk about uh, games played with Lou Gehrig and what Cal Ripken was able to break there. Like Joe DiMaggio has things, the hitting streak, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Joe DiMaggio has the hitting streak, the 61. And, and um, no. it's just, it's different in baseball. What? It's, it's not 61. It's not. 62? What did I say wrong? It's 56. 56. Well, that was an embarrassing mistake when I talk about baseball, but that's fine. I'm moving forward. Um, He was the right man at the right time was a phrase I heard on the Mm -hmm. Kornheiser podcast today. He had that ability to be great in this sport and also take on um, the racial hatred that was coming his way and and take it on in a in a non-negative way, non-combative way, um, handle it mentally, and still perform at the high level and break that record. And um, you know that image of when he hit seventeen, and those guys, those people from the crowd are on the field running after him. I, you know, it had to be terrifying for him in that spot in Atlanta with two guys chasing him down. But they came to pat him on the back, and I think I think that's a big moment. Um, and not that they're saying everybody, everybody ever loved it. And, and I guess I'm throwing hate at the South, but just in all honesty, we, we, we know where we came from with the South. So yeah. it just means something, what he did, where he did it, how great he was doing it. And then also the kind of man he was handling all that, the way he carried the game after that, um, his coverage of the game, the being one of those Mount Rushmore guys for the rest of his life for baseball. Um, it just really was something. Now, when you talk about Babe Ruth, you talk about Hank Aaron, I guess the guys that always stuck with me was like the Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle. Those were always kind of those names of guys I didn't watch play, but were still alive when I was growing up watching baseball, knowing about baseball. Those guys would pop into a booth or those guys would be there at an all-star game i mean i remember at boston i think i think it was ted williams mostly um that boston all-star game when they had him on the field i i'm sitting there with my jaw on the floor just watching and, and you're watching all the current you're watching mark mcguire and king griffey jr stand beside him looking at him the same way i was looking at the tv that here's this great and then and they did that with hank, with hank aaron i heard so many stories since friday of these guys that you know top level baseball players and um people that covered the game and they were around any of the stars at any given time. But when Hank Aaron was in the like all of a sudden they, they couldn't talk or, they, you know, they were they just couldn't believe they're around them and the opportunity to meet them and all that. So I, I think that means a lot. And so in the last 12 months, uh, we definitely have had a lot to talk about with uh, racial justice and um, civil rights. The role Hank Aaron played in that on the backside of the 60s, you know, breaking the record in 74 and, and, and kind of athletically having his role there. I, I guess the symbolicness of losing him at this time, it, it hit me uh, pretty good on Friday. I, I don't know. He's just an all timer for me and losing these guys. And we lost Mickey Mantle. Uh, we've lost Ted Williams. Um, now we've lost Hank Aaron. Uh, you know, it's just these guys that I absolutely idolized and I never watched a live game with them play. It's just stinks that we're losing these guys. So, um, those are my thoughts on on Hank Aaron. I, I, we lose, you know, we've lost some baseball players in the last 
six months. Um, I know there was one week we lost uh, like two pitchers right next to each other. And um, I just don't want to reference the wrong pitchers. That's why I'm pausing in a second. But I, you know, I, this one hit me harder than I think all those. And, and I think for reason, because he, he is a Mount Rushmore baseball guy. Well, yeah. And I mean, like, you mentioned that part of that is the home run record that he had for so yeah. long. Uh, until Bonds. He's in the all-star game for like 23 straight consecutive years. Like that doesn't happen all the time. Like we talk about the Cal Ripken played forever. He wasn't in 23 straight all-star games. Right. We talk about um, all these, you know, pull holes, uh, all these guys that were great in the last 20 years, they haven't been to consecutive all-star games like that. Like he carried that sport. I mean, he absolutely owned it. Uh, what I don't remember hearing before this week was, and I thought was really cool was when they had the replay of the home run with Vince Scully's call on it. Yeah. Cause they were playing the Dodgers. They were playing the Dodgers. And I, I and then a moment when I was watching, I was like, wow, that was, kind of just luck that it happened to be against yeah. the Dodgers because yeah. now you have this all-time legend broadcaster calling this all-time great moment. And you hear him talk about it as he hits the home run and he's going around the bases, you know, here is a man that in a moment that Vin Scully saying, I never thought I would see a black man being cheered on in the South as he breaks the record of a, white man who had so much standing in the sport that all these people love. So yeah, that's not Vince Scully saying it in 2020. Yeah. He's that's Vince that Scully saying it as he's rounding. The yeah. Bases. So, yeah. um, in the height of the civil rights era. So, Oh yeah. Uh, just a truly special moment. And, uh, for him to have that record, I mean, it's one of those things that I still, I still look at 755 as a special number just because yeah. of the stuff surrounding bonds who ends up passing it. But, for Hank Aaron to do that in that time. And, you know, as you said, he's playing in the South for a lot of that in, in Atlanta. And that's, that's gotta be tough because you know, if you're there and you're having a bad game or a bad night, like that's going to be held <laughs> you're against having you. a good night. You're getting yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but huh. it's to, to see what he has done. And then, as you said, he's not, it's not just on the field. He's done stuff off the field as well. That is important for, giving back to communities and, and helping advance conversations. So it's a, it's a big loss in terms of human being and not just great baseball player, which I think is another reason it, it stung so much. Um, but it's a big loss. Uh, I know my first reaction when it happened was just, man, it sucks. Um, because (laughs) he was such a great, he was such a great power hitter. And that's kind of, that's kind of all I have at this point. You know, it just feels like blow after blow, uh, in terms of, people passing away or different crises is facing, you know, our country and, and the world and society as a whole. But, um, th- this one definitely was a, a big loss for sports and a big loss for baseball because he, he is a guy that major league baseball could, um, it, it felt like every time they had one of those, like, and you kind of touched on this too, like these living legends that they need to go to and have like a PR thing and, and a good moment. Uh, let's get yeah. Hank Aaron out there. Uh, yeah. Let's show Hank Aaron. Uh, and, and he understood that moment. Yeah. Okay. And so it's weird. Now he's not going to be there for the next one. And that's going to be weird. Yeah. And and I'm sure Major League Baseball will honor him this year, um, probably multiple times. Uh, and nothing they do will be enough. I mean, it's yeah. just he deserves all the credit 
he can get. Uh, I found it interesting today. I heard he was like him and Bud Selig were buddies. Like they were like best friends, well, uh, always together and stuff. And, and that's for a one guy friend that Bud Selig we had. do not like, and Bud yeah. Selig, <laughs> it's just interesting to, that we all loved Hank Aaron. And uh, um, it's just interesting, you know, the friends these guys have. And I, I think this isn't the first time I've had one of those where like you find out people are better buddies than you thought they were. And it's like one guy you really like and the other guy you detest. So it's probably anybody Jerry Jones is friends with. is probably going to be the answer to that question. <laughs> right. But yeah, but, it's, uh, it's interesting and uh, that they were good friends. And I, I'm sure some of that had to do with Seelig being such a prominent baseball guy in Milwaukee, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a big, but apparently generally, genuinely friend. Like they were yeah. absolutely friend. It what, wasn't just a, you know, they, they, I just found that interesting. And it's just like, yeah, and, it, and, just, it hit me funny. I laughed out loud and heard it. <laughs> in today's, you know, today's climate where, you know, there's voters wanting to take Hall of Fame votes back for certain people that they may have cast. And because of character issues, that's not something that you saw with Hank Aaron. So, no, it, yeah, no, yeah. It's amazing that um, sometimes these athletes not only can be good players, but also good character people. And, and he was one of the guys that, you know, young people could look up and say, yeah, that's, that's a role model. So yeah, baseball lost a good one. I mean, directly, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, disrespectful to anybody with a Ruth name or that came descended from Babe Ruth, but you hear those old stories about Babe Ruth, not being awesome, like off the field and not really approaching the game in the best way. And that's one of your big arguments against Babe Ruth. When, when I put him, when I talk about him up on a pedestal, um, whether you like it or not, he's there, but like, there is the negative that like can get drawn out of there where Babe Ruth highly took advantage of the fact that there was no Twitter in uh, the 1920s. Well, and uh, also that Hank, everybody Hank else Aaron was the size of a clean right now. Like yeah. Hank Aaron wouldn't have gotten affected by Twitter because he's a good guy. Uh, he has lived within the era of Twitter and uh, has lived with more media even for the last 20, 30 years. And, and it's just, it couldn't be a better guy. Couldn't be a bigger loss to the game. Um, I keep saying it absolutely a Mount Rushmore guy. Like you can't have a Mount Rushmore baseball without Hank Aaron on it. All right, let's get to the D block. All right. Into the D block. Um, what is dominating my life? <sighs> Finish the Skywalker saga. We talked a lot about star Wars lately. So I'll keep it brief. But with the kids, with the whole family, we watched all nine of the Star Wars um, first nine movies or Skywalker Star Guys. It's not the first nine because they had other Star Wars films in there. But it tells the complete story of what you got there with mostly concerning Anakin and Luke and then uh, others in the later three. And uh, the kids loved it. So it was fun to watch. I was trying to think back. I don't know of any like film series that my parents like, I think star Wars probably was those three movies were probably ones that my dad was like, Hey, we're going to watch these. I, you know, we, binging wasn't a thing then. And surely we didn't pack them in as quick as we packed in a bunch of movies, especially on new year's Eve. But was there any movies like multiple movies? I know there's probably single films. Was there any multiple movies that your parents ever like, all right, you got to watch that. You got to know what's up. No. And it was just different time though. I mean, we didn't have a pandemic yeah, to keep us too. inside. I think that's what's um, but 
I know my uncles were big into me getting into Star Wars. Um, they probably would have been with Lord of the Rings, but that was something that came out when we were kids and the right age for that. So um, we kind of watched I think my those. wife, my wife likes Lord of the Rings. Not, like, I mean, not to any large extent, but like I imagine I'll see those movies for the first time at some point because. Uh, oh, they're good. To watch them. They're good yeah. movies. Yeah. The original trilogy of that is good. Um, the Hobbits are okay. Joe Joey on Friends has a line that I would like to use right here. I'm not gonna use it on the podcast, but if anybody knows the show Friends and knows oh Joey's lines about um, Lord of the Rings, I'm just gonna use that here. So great. Uh, well, I don't because I don't watch unfunny shows in my spare time. So okay. How what is dominating your life? The Orioles are going to do what 2020 didn't do, and that's kill me. I mean, hey, at least it's not COVID. This this weekend, I think if the Orioles had sat me down and just said, "Hey, what can we do to make you super sad?" I don't think I could have dreamt up what they did. I mean, it is that level. Is of it done? Is all the psychological done? torture? Um, so it starts off with. Uh, the news, hey, we're not bringing Jim Hunter back. I'm not a huge Jim Hunter fan, so I was like, eh, I could care less about Jim Hunter. That's fine. And then they announce all these other layoffs. Well, then it trickles out, hey, Gary Thorne's going to be part of this. And that does hit me because I love Gary Thorne. Gim- Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer are Baltimore Orioles baseball to me. They are the broadcast team. I look forward to hearing from night in, night out. And even when I know the Orioles are probably going to get killed in the game, at least I'll be able to listen to Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer, who are two A-plus professionals doing the game, and they're great at it. Now, I don't have that, and they give me somebody named Scott Gersow, who is basically, if you took all the talent Gary Thorne has, took it out, and then inserted a bunch of bullcrap, that would be Scott Gersow. <laughs> that guy is terrible at his job, and I hate him. But if that wasn't bad enough, then you get to the news <laughs> that the Orioles are uh, they're shopping Anthony Santander, which is one of their like he's the only guy on this roster right now that's on the major league roster right now that I'm like, yeah, this guy might actually be kind of good. Um, so, yeah, why not? We, we should trade him uh, because, you know, we're in financial problems and we can't afford a guy that makes two million dollars, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's also part of the Masson thing is uh, they, they're having to make these cuts because Masson's, you know, hemorrhaging money, which I can't believe that a network that is tied solely to cable and satellite providers as the only base where you can get it is somehow doing bad in this economy where people are cutting cords. I, I can't imagine that that's happening. Uh, yeah. Not but, diversified, are they? Yeah, no. I would like the Angelos family to sell the team, but I'm terrified that if they do, the person who buys it will move the team. And I, Man, I'm not equipped for that. that. I'm not equipped for that. I can't root for the Nashville, I don't know. Or, I mean, here's the thing. I love the Baltimore Orioles. Even if they move the team to Richmond, which they will never do. But even if they move the team to Richmond and we're like the Richmond River Rats, I would hate it. I love the Baltimore Orioles. I've grown up watching the Baltimore Orioles. I'm not interested in Richmond, whatever. I want the Baltimore Orioles in Baltimore, in Camden Yards. It is an iconic ballpark. It is a beautiful park. I love going there. And if they just win, people are there. Yeah, but th- th- which brings me to my next point. They're going to kill this fan base. They are going, the Angelos family will absolutely kill it because of 
we're shopping guys that make two million. We're cutting the popular broadcast team. We're cutting, and we're gonna put in this guy who has no business being in a booth, and, and we're gonna do all this stuff. And oh yeah, we're asking players that are getting deals in arbitration or arbitration eligible eligible to defer their salary. There was an agent quoted in a story in the Athletic saying, "Never." have I heard of a team asking arbitration players to defer their salary? And the reason you don't hear of that is because they're making peanuts. We can't even afford the bottom of the barrel people anymore, according to the Baltimore Orioles. You ask Trey Mancini, who is coming back from beating cancer, hey, uh, I know you're not making that much money, but can we defer your salary no, you can't defer his salary. Pay the man. He's not making that much money. This is so stupid. Oh, and the reason Anthony Santander is going to arbitration and we didn't get an arbitra- a deal done before arbitration is because there's a $400,000 disagreement. Are you kidding me? $400,000 kept that deal from being done from one of the only players that actually looks like a Major League Baseball player on your roster right now? I mean, it's just, it's too much. You go from... And you try to look at it objectively, right? Okay, what's the good? The good is we have five prospects in the top 100 of Baseball America. The bad is Masson, which is owned by the Orioles, is hemorrhaging money. And the ugly is we have, we have gotten to the point where we are asking players to take deferments in salary. And I don't know how much lower this can go outside of the Angelos family actually selling the team and then them move the team. Like, that's the about the only thing I could see being worse unless they start going at these prospects and just, you know, just for fun, uh, trading them away just to really piss off the fan base. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. This weekend was horrible for the Baltimore Orioles in a PR standpoint. And uh, Nats fans being like, we lost half of our staff. This is unacceptable. Blah, blah, blah. The Orioles lost half of theirs too. And yes, the Orioles still have more broadcasters than the Nats, but guess what? That's because technically we're a bigger fan base than you. Sorry that our team didn't transplant from Canada. I'm sorry. But we're a bigger fan base than you. The Nats fans are allowed to be upset, though, too. They're allowed to be upset, but then some Nats fans are taking this out. like You you hate that, too. I hate Masson, too. So let's just be (laughs) mad at the right people. But I saw someone being like, they didn't do this to the Orioles. Yes, they did. And look, to be honest, if they would have gotten rid of FP Santangelo, that would have been a favor. But they didn't. That's the thing they should be pissed off about. Four people, apparently, that did on-air talent for the Nats side of Mass and lost their job, and none of them were F.P. Santangelo. That's the thing they should have been mad about. Not, not the number of people that are left. It's the one that is left that shouldn't. And, and oh, and here's the other beauty of it, right? We're, we're launching a streaming app, but you still have to have cable or dish. Oh, okay, so it actually doesn't fix anything. It doesn't give you any additional revenue stream, you stupid idiots. It's like they can't figure it out. And I don't know who's making that decision at at Masson or in the organization that that's the route to go is to still have it tied to cable and satellite dishes. But they are with their agreements with the satellite company. I mean, it has to be tied into that. Absolutely. The single dumbest person in the state of Maryland. Absolutely. Any other people's jobs you want to go for right now? I mean, you're okay with people losing their jobs. You're Scott Gersal, FPC Santangelo should be fired. Um, I mean, Rick Dempsey got fired. I don't know. He's got a restaurant named after him in the park. I don't know what happens to that. Um, 
I don't know. It, it just sucks. Yeah. Everything sucks about this. And now I'm going to go watch this team go out here. And if they trade Anthony Santander, I don't know, man. It's going to be bad. I'm still probably going to watch because I'm, I'm an idiot. But it's going to be really hard. And it's going to be so frustrating. And, and the worst part about Gary Thorne being gone is he didn't even get a chance to say goodbye because you had some stupid dispute in, during a, the pandemic year where you tried to back out on a deal with them and, and you don't let them on air to say goodbye to the fans, knowing that you were going to do this all along at the end of the year. So There's enough social media opportunities that he, if he feels, well, he's not he, on if, social media. The man's 73. If he wants to have a moment out there, he yeah, but he should have been able to have it on air talking to the fans that he's talked to since 2007, where most of the years that the Orioles put him through this garbage of a franchise, for him to have to call games and be positive on Masson about, like, hey, Gary, I know we suck and we're one of the worst teams to ever grace a baseball field, but if you could find it in your heart to put a positive spin and shine up this turd for us, we'd really appreciate it. Also, by the way, uh, get the hell out. How about Peter Angelos get the hell out? It doesn't out? shock me that he, they didn't put him up, like, hey, you're fired. Hey, here's the mic. Here's 30 minutes. Well, but hey, Masson. you made an agreement with him in August and you still didn't put him on air for any of the games. No, we... Everybody, give Scott Gersow some room so he can mess up the names and name people who aren't even on the field. <laughs> that sounds like a Leland move. All right. So did you eat anything good? Any good fast food this weekend? Yeah, that brings me to my next point. Long John Silver's burned down because Leland hates it so much. So <laughs> this is just terrible. 2021 is an absolute just poop parade. I really was worried we were getting close to a spot where I was going to have to go to Long John Silver's with you. Because I'd made some criteria that I would that where where I would go with you. Um, I just I got hate worried. It. I just I got hate worried it. that it might come up, and I so I, I you know things had to happen. I just I hate had- it so much. And here's here's the thing, right? Because then you're trying to put a positive spin on it at the end of the day because you know how upset I am about it, and you're like, well, the damage on the outside doesn't look that bad. Yeah. Rule number strange. one of the long johns: you don't rebuild the long johns. That's rule number one. <laughs> I've never seen them ever in the history of Long John Silvers, rebuild a Long John Silvers. Heck, in Harrisonburg, they closed the Long John Silvers because they could never keep enough tartar sauce in the restaurant, so they ended up just closing it. I'm sure also it was always empty. I'm sure that had, that was a problem too, But which was another shocking part, for them to always be empty and them to always be like, oh, we don't have any tartar sauce. What the hell are you yeah. doing with it? I, I don't want to know. I just assume like, they don't want the tartar sauce to go bad. That just scares me more about the fish that they're serving. All right. Moving on from the positiveness. I got about 32 questions for you. Would you rather have Josh Allen as your quarterback on the ball? Okay. So this is replacing Mm. Lamar Jackson at quarterback. The last two weeks, you've made bold statements of how many people are better than Lamar Jackson for your Ravens. So I want to go through this. I want to figure it out. Would you rather have Josh Allen on your roster just trade out switch them no no on josh allen okay i i would thought you would have said yes uh tua would you rather have tua no would you rather have cam no sam darnold no joe burrow no baker mayfield ben lothisberger matt ryan teddy bridgewater drew Brees, tom brady any yeses there no Dak prescott daniel jones Dak Prescott. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll, I had that as a maybe. Uh, Daniel Jones. No. 
Hold on, I gotta mark the yes because there's only been one. Um, whew. nobody Hurts, in the NFC East. Alex Smith, Mitchell Trubisky, Matthew Stafford, who is apparently available. No. Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He's probably got three years left. Two, three years left. I have him as a maybe on my list for you. The problem is, I'm also thinking of the offense we run. Um, but I, I can put it down as a maybe. I, I'll accept a maybe right now. We need to revisit. Yeah, let's circle back. Um, Kirk Cousins. No. Okay, Deshaun Watson. Yes. Yes, that's I, straight I, that up. Is a clear yes. Yep. I have no argument there. Um, Philip Rivers. No. Well, he's retired. I, yeah, Mike Glennon started the end of the year for the Jaguars. I can't remember who else started this year for the Jaguars. None of them. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. No. I skipped the West apparently uh, without on purpose. Kyle Kyler Murray. No. No. Jared Goff. No. Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Russell Wilson. No. Drew Locke. No. Patrick Mahomes. No. Nah. Uh, wait. Yes. You take Mahomes. Yes. Okay. Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. So we no. had two yeses, three yeses, and a maybe. So you go off about Deshaun Watson every freaking week about, like, he hasn't won a playoff game. And then he does win a playoff game. You still bad talk. And then he, of course, loses the next week. It's you mean just, Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. Like, he I, – I don't know what you want, man. You have – there's not there's four other quarterbacks that you would consider other than him. So in your mind, he's like the top five right guy to have in in this spot. Ex- like I don't think there's a lot of elite have. cornerbacks. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of elite quarterbacks. Have. But what the bird in the hand is better than what you. I'm just seeing what the draft. I'm just maybe. seeing. I also know what his window is, and in two years, when his rookie contract runs out, that's it. They're talking extension window, right now. Yeah, window slam shut. <laughs> if yeah, if we're dumb enough to do that before we have to. Oh, they're we doing deserve one this we deserve whatever bad things happen to us because you know what's going to happen as soon as we do that. That's when his knee he has a terrible knee injury and he's never the same. He is RG three, and then they cut him. Yeah, and then you take a giant cap hit for the next ten years. When you have a when you have a quarterback that is top five in the league that you would want on your team, yeah. No, you wait until the absolute last year. You can. So I did the same him. exercise with my Steelers. There is so many green yeses on this list. Well, yeah, because your quarterback <laughs> like is Ben Roethlisberger, right who's dead. Because we we have so much, we have talent there. Whether whether it's all great or not, like we have talent there. We could win next year if we have the quarterback situation better than it was at the end of this year. Because the quarterback situation early in the year was better than it was at the end of the year, and we won a bunch of games. I'm not saying we go undefeated with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback next year, but hey, you put Aaron Rodgers at quarterback next year. We're a heck of a team. I would take Tannehill. Instead, right now, we've hired, we've we've gotten Haskins on the roster. That is, I'm considering that like community service right now. Like we are doing the kid a favor, putting him in a stable environment, uh, putting him with a quarterback that he can emulate his game after if Ben's still there. Like I feel like it's a one-year contract. There's not too much heat on the on Pittsburgh there. So I anybody wants to tell me, hey, we have Haskins now. I'm still looking for a quarterback just the same as I was two weeks ago. The I would take Stafford. I would absolutely take Stafford. And after hearing Aaron Rodgers post game interview, 
I'm interested at what we could do to get Aaron Rodgers on our roster for two or three years. I'd, I'd take that all day. We need a, we need a different quarterback. I realize that if we don't get somebody that started in the NFL already, I understand the need to keep Ben Roethlisberger around, but he is not the answer past October next year. Like, like we got to do something. We have too much receiving talent, which I know Juju's a free agent. I know we have some other pieces to fill, but we have good pieces in a lot of places. We're not that far away in others. I just would like to have quarterback in a better situation than we do now. Yeah. But I also want you to be more positive about your quarterback. I want you no. to appreciate what you have. He's he's a good athlete. That's the thing. He's just not great at passing. Like his he running was 23 ability. years old. Like you act like he's 30 and you have I these mean... problems. He hasn't lost for eight years in the playoffs. He's lost for three years. And he's won one game. He's won an MVP. Because we're not going to be in the playoffs for eight years after we give him a giant contract. That's the part of this argument that you're ignoring. He's like, he's 23. He's 23. He's 23. He's 23. What happens with a guy the size of Lamar Jackson with the way he plays the game? He's going to get broken. And when he does, hey, he doesn't have the arm to fall back on because he sucks at it. So then you have a waste of space behind the center. But you don't have... 30, 25 other quarterbacks out there that you'd rather have. You know what? When the he gets hurt, team, I'll t- when he gets ball. hurt, I'll take 25 other quarterbacks. And yes, I will. I just appreciate what you got and like have hope for this for next year. Have hope for the year after. I just don't get it. Like why want to be terrible? We I don't want to be terrible. I, I don't want to be terrible. To somewhere I care about. I want Watson to go to one of our three teams, or, and it's not going to be your team. I want him to go to Washington, or I want him to go to Pittsburgh. I don't think I Pittsburgh don't really happening to Pittsburgh. there. I'd love him in Washington. Yeah, he would be good in Washington. I would take, if the Ravens went to the Houston Texans and said, we'll take know, Deshaun Watson for Lamar doing... Jackson straight up, yeah. yes. Yes, and thank you. And the Lamar haters can go follow Lamar to Houston. That's fine. I don't That's care. not going to happen, but yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. I was trying to trying to lead you towards more positive Joe in 2021. Nope. Oh yeah, I forgot I have to close this thing. Yep. Listed right. off 32 quarterbacks and didn't help nothing. Nope. Because you're not <laughs> seeing the bigger picture that I'm seeing. The kid can't throw. That's eventually going to be an we issue at some point right in his now. career. That's why at Pittsburgh, I want a guy now because our window is now also. <sighs> anyway. To hear more bright sunshine news here on the Yak Sports Podcast, be sure to tune in on Twitter. You can follow us at Yak Sports Pod, Facebook Yak Sports Pod, or you can email us yaksportspod at gmail.com. Oh, before we sign off, we did ask people to uh, tell us their most depressing sports moment. And this is also in, in, uh, on par with everything we're doing. So uh, I did want to read. Ask again. Ask again, and we'll, try, and we'll actually put it in the notes to cover next week. Yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and put John. I'm going to read John's because he was nice enough to actually do what I asked. Yes. Um, so thank you, John, for doing that. And as John said, as I'm looking for it, I thought I saw it. Here we hate the Yankees, so we appreciate it. That's why we got to read it now. Yeah, we uh, it was anti-Yankees, which is great. Um, and he also <laughs> mentioned the Orioles in 83, but I wasn't alive, so I couldn't appreciate that. But here it is. Didn't happen. Worst sports moment was Phillies losing to the Yankees in 2009. I agree. I mean, it's not the worst, but I do think that was a bad one. Um, it was his favorite team versus his most hated team. The 83 World Series is pretty heartbreaking, too, but he was only 13. So there's that. Um, 
I need to think about my answers. Let's let's come back to this next week. We'll we'll touch back on John's, and maybe we'll get some more answers. Everybody else, tell us what. Yeah, your Patrick Hite was the one I called fandom. on, and he didn't even answer. Yeah. I think Patrick Hite. I don't know. He doesn't listen when he's not on. He doesn't. He doesn't care about this podcast anymore. Yeah, he's too big time. Yeah. He already got my uh, newsletter subscription out of me, so he's done <laughs> catering. If we. Maybe we need to ask our worst school board moment or something. Worst school board moment. Yeah, he's covering <laughs> school board now. Yeah, worst moment at a school board. It's probably the one where the woman said she'd lick the hospital floor. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. But yeah, I can imagine for him covering it. That's probably the worst. But um, yeah. So again, follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod, Facebook Yak Sports Pod, or email us. Subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Tell your friends, we are going to be covering high school. That's the part where the, the podcast does stay positive, and then it just careens into a depressing valley of sadness that is all of my sports teams. So until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.